Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you. It's wonderful to be in your company this afternoon. Beautiful Wednesday here in the Highfelt. And we are on Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz. I think I'd like to begin today, actually, by just uh, asking you for a moment to think about what this radio station, Chai FM, uh, has to go through on a regular basis um, when if there is load shedding, when there is uh, COVID and <laughs> all the other things that life seems to have thrown, thrown at us lately. Um, I don't know if everybody's aware of the fact that uh, somebody like me is sitting in my own homemade studio at the moment, which is my office, where um, I'm giving you this uh, talk from. We're communicating via Skype. We're communicating via WhatsApp messengers uh, or messages to get all the live reads and all the interactions and to know when to go on and when to go off, when the ad breaks will be and so on. And I think it's a great and incredible tribute to um, the people who work at the station uh, at uh, our uh, uh, personal controller on uh, this uh, show is Craig, and he does an incredible job of being in touch with everybody. Um, I must tell you, he starts at about 7 o'clock in the morning um, trying to get everything lined up and make sure that you're available, etc., etc. So besides all of that, the actual technicals, you know, a minute before I came on air here, we lost connection. I'm not sure if it was because of load shedding, because of Skype, because of uh, downtime on, uh, on, 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 on our side, on their side. Um, all of these things have to be taken into account, and it's handled with the most incredible um, efficiency and the most incredible professionalism and a great, great tribute to uh, Chai FM and to Chai FM 101.9, um, which has gone to the, the, the most um, unbelievable lengths to make sure that there is adequate programming and that everybody is uh, audible. And uh, even though it might not sound absolutely technically perfect, nevertheless, uh, these uh, classes, these shiurim, uh, these talks, and all the different things that Chai FM uh, brings us, uh, we need to really um, give them a huge, huge yashakayach, a huge round of applause for um, pulling off something absolutely incredible. It's now a year down the line that uh, we haven't actually even been into the studio, and yet everybody um, has been heard and everybody has been able to interact. Um, and uh, really, it's uh, when you take a step back and you think about it, it is uh, quite incredible. But the topic for today, of course, is uh, Judaism 101.9. And when we think about um, this week and the week up ahead and the Shabbos up ahead, um, we are into the month of Nisan. So during the month of Nisan, we have stopped saying Tachanun. We do not say penitential prayers. We're in a phase of Nisim. Of Nisan stands for Nisim. Nisim meaning miracles. We're in a miraculous month when miraculous things have happened. It is the month of Geula. It's the month of redemption as it was then and it certainly will be now. Um, a time of redemption. And, um, of course, we are um, exactly 10 days away from Pesach. And when Pesach arrives, um, that in itself is something that is huge and awesome and exciting and daunting and uh, pressurizing all in and of itself. But when we think about the build-up to it all, it is um, quite amazing that we have so many 
valuable and important messages, not only in Pesach, but in the time before Pesach, that um, we actually need to try and put our uh, minds, our bodies, our souls, our heads into um, this type of atmosphere of preparation for Pesach. You know, the um, Torah, our rabbis express it in the way that they talk about uh, that 30 days before a festival, one is supposed to start learning the laws of the festival. But it's not just to learn the laws that you've got to know exactly how to do this and how to do that. And of course, those things are important and they're relevant. But the um, build-up to each of our Chagim, besides the fact that we're cleaning the house and uh, um, checking for Chomets and that we're doing our Pesach shopping and that we're buying everything that we need and then we're also buying everything that we won't need. Um, but in this build-up to Pesach, there is something very important about putting our headspace right and getting into the right attitude and the right atmosphere that is the correct forerunner for this huge, immense, um, and invaluable Chag. It occurs every year, and every year we need to get into that headspace. And it's not just a headspace of what does it mean to be free, but it's also a headspace of how can I deserve to be free, and what do I need to do to make myself better connected with the Almighty? How do I make myself uh, closer to God? How do I do all of this in the build-up to Pesach, so that not only when we got out of Egypt that we know that the people um, did what they needed to do, that they showed Mesiras Nefesh, that they had total self-abnegation, that they were able to uh, put God and uh, the uh, then dream of receiving the Torah and being close to the Almighty and having our liberty, that they were able to put all of that uh, before their own personal uh, wants and desires, their own personal likes and dislikes. They were able to um, place themselves in a completely different attitude and a completely different atmosphere. Hashem needed them to do all of this and to show that kind of uh, commitment and it's that very attitude and atmosphere, I think, that we need to think about in order to be able to create um, the correct run-up to Pesach from a headspace point of view, from a spiritual point of view, from a soul point of view. And there is so much that one could talk about along these lines. But I'd like to begin by thinking about some of the images that we um, often get from um, our current Torah readings. And yes, I've mentioned to you before that this is not a Parsha um, a shir, this is not a Parsha uh, class, but it is important for us to know that there has to be at all times some kind of an interaction with the portion of the week, with what we are reading, and how much more so when we think about the fact that last week we completed the book of Shemot, we completed the book of Exodus, we begin this week the book of Vayikra, the book of Leviticus, we go into actually the program of connection. The program really of uh, the sacrifices, which are known as sacrifices in English, but they are much rather the connections. Le Karev, Korban, is about getting close. It's about bringing ourselves closer to God. How do we bring ourselves closer to God? And the obvious first um, and foremost requirement of getting closer to God is to make some space for him. Our lives are so chock-a-block full of everything and anything that has to do with our lives, with um, our business, with our activities, with our uh, self-importance or our egos, 
And very often we forget to make that space. And I think perhaps suggestion number one in getting ready for Pesach is to make space for God, to make space for our connection with God. And how do we do this? How do we make that space? And I'd like to borrow then from the beginning of the book of Vayikra, the beginning of the book of um, of Leviticus. We have a letter that is written small in the word Vayikra. There is an Aleph. And in fact, we're told that this should be one of the very first Alephs, if not the first Aleph that you show to a child in teaching a child how to read and how to recognize an Aleph in the Torah. Now, surely when you're thinking about educating children, you would want to make that Aleph big. You would want to make it huge. You want to make it large, enlarge it, make sure that they can see it, that they can understand it. And here we're told, take an Aleph that is written small. Now, every letter in the Torah has a chance to be written out of size throughout the Torah. And here is the chance of the Aleph. It is written small in the word Vayikra. And we're going to think about and look at what that small Aleph really represents and what it should represent and how important it is in making space for the Almighty and in our run-up to Pesach, bearing in mind how important it is to connect and how we need to make these connections with God Almighty in order to be able to deserve not only a Pesach, but the liberation, the freedom that we expect not only now, but please God when Mashiach comes too. Now it's a true, it's a Torah value. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi and welcome back. Yes, it's Rabbi Michael Katz, Judaism 101.9 and great to be with you. And we're talking about preparing for Pesach from a spiritual point of view. And we just referred to the beginning of the book of Vayikra. And the very first word in the book of Vayikra is the word Vayikra. Vayikra means, and he called, Vayikra, and he called. And it ends with an Aleph. And in the Torah, the letter Aleph in the end of the word Vayikra is written small. Only here, not in any other place, but here it is written small. So it's half-sized kind of a letter, small letter that's written here. Now the interesting thing is that um, there is another place in the Torah where the uh, letter Aleph is written out of size. And that is at the beginning of the book called Divrei Hayamim. The last books of the Torah are called Divrei Hayamim. There is a Divrei Hayamim, Aleph and a Bet. There are two books of Divrei Hayamim called the Book of Chronicles. And the very first word of that book of Chronicles starts off with the name Adam, Adam being Adam. And there the Aleph is written large. It is oversized. It's a big accentuated letter. Now sages tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, was in fact carrying out here a great rectification of a wrong, of something that was spiritually perhaps incorrect. And that is that the Aleph of Adam was written large and it shows, they say, about Adam's self-importance, his great um, self-esteem as being the very epitome of why it was that God created the world in the first place. And this sort of got to his head, it got to him, and it eventually was his great downfall. He thought that he owned the world, he thought that he could do anything. And so the Aleph of Adam is enlarged. Moshe Rabbeinu Moses, who was appointed to take the Jewish people out of Egypt, and we do, by the way, refer 
um, perhaps a lot more to our exodus from Egypt than we do to our to the creation of the world. So this momentous and incredibly powerful and important leader and leadership role model in Torah is Moshe Rabbeinu, is Moses. He is known to be uh, the greatest Jewish leader, the greatest rabbi, the teacher of Torah, the one who God chose to receive the Torah on Mount Sinai. And yet here he carries out an act of um, not self-deprecation in any way, but of absolute humility. This was a humble deed. Why? Because the word vayikar, without the aleph, means, and God happened upon. So when God happens upon somebody or something, it just so happens. And that happening upon, without the aleph, is something that shows a, let's call it kind of a lack of personal involvement and a lack of uh, personal commitment to and a lack of um, absolute embracing and love. The word Vayikra, which means, and he called, is a word that really, really connotes God's love. And here in terms of Vayikra El Moshe that he called to Moses, that this showed God's love respect and embracing of Moshe Rabbeinu of Moses. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses himself, did not want to write this into the Torah. He didn't want to put in a word or an implication of his own greatness. He was a humble man. A compromise, we're told, was reached between him and the Almighty, that the letter should be written small. But that letter written small, therefore, goes down in the annals of our history and it goes down in our, the annals of our future as being the very, very essence of the type of humility that we are supposed to have. Yes, we know that God cares and God loves us, but that's not something that should go to our heads and make us feel all so important. But the Vayikra, the small Aleph, <coughs> which means humility, and as we said, is one of the very first letters that we try to teach a child when he or she starts learning Alephbet, is that the letter Aleph, which represents our connection with the Almighty. If you take a look at the letter Aleph, the letter Aleph is made up of three parts, let's call them, three parts to the Aleph. There is a top Yud, there is a bottom Yud, and there's a line in between that connects them. And we're told that the top Yud could be and should be God Almighty, the bottom yud, us down below, our souls. And there is a line in between that connects them, and that line in between that connects them is the Torah itself. How do we connect to the Almighty? How do we connect to God? There are, is another version of this teaching, and that is that the yud on the top is our godly soul, the yud on the bottom is our animal soul, and the line that connects them is to make us interact better with our two souls, which sometimes are pulling in different directions, but the Torah holds us in place and keeps us where we actually should be. But nevertheless, the small aleph, which could be that, you know what, we're the chosen people, and you know what, we are placed on this earth for the most dynamic and the most essential and most important role that I have to fulfill. And look at the wonderful talents that I am blessed with. We've got to remember that the Aleph is small, and it's taught to us by Moshe that, yes, we agree that God has given us an essential role. And, yes, we are important. And, yes, there is something that only I can do, but we've got to do it all with humility, with a small Aleph. And that small Aleph literally makes place on the line for God. It's not just about me looking out for number one or for number Aleph. 
as perhaps we are reminded that Adam grew a little bit too, in inverted commas, big for his boots. Here we're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu, who teaches us that the role of a Jew has to be the small aleph, that with that embrace and with that um, um, connection and with that um, um, involvement that God had with and has with each and every one of us and had certainly with Moshe Rabbeinu, there has to be that humility. We've got to make that space. So the first thing I think in our build-up to Pesach is making space in our lives for God. Now, this may sound trivial or wrong or uh, perhaps incorrect um, at a time like this where there has been a pandemic and there's been so much that we've all been through during this last year. But we need to make sure that with it all, we haven't lost our, not our, not only our faith, but we haven't lost our connection and we haven't lost our interaction. And we haven't allowed ourselves to become a little bit lazy, perhaps, or a little bit um, removed, perhaps, from where we should be and what we should be doing, that it becomes um, a little bit of a hassle to even now um, join, perhaps, to a, a shiur and to listen to something, even if it's online. Uh, certainly, um, much more difficult it's become to attend things in person. But we need to make sure that we are allowing that godliness into not only our homes, and our shuls and our communities, but into ourselves, into our lives. And one of the ways to begin is to remember this lesson of the small aleph, to remember the idea of in order to be, uh, to be mekarev, to lekarev, to get close, to have a korban, to come to this word of uh, Leviticus, which is all about the role that the uh, Levium, that's where the word Leviticus comes from, that the Levi, the tribe of Levi, the priests played in the temple, and the work that they had to do with the sacrifices and with these offerings and with these methodologies to bring ourselves closer to the Almighty, the first step in the right direction is making sure that we have made space for God, that there is space for God to enter into our lives, that we're not so full of ourselves that everything is blocked out. And if we think about it, this is one of the fundamental messages of the Matzah and Pesach. When we think about the Matzah and Pesach, the matzah on Pesach is small, it is flat, it is kind of insignificant, although people will argue that the prices are not insignificant. But it's insignificant in its stature. It is flat bread. It is not that enjoyable. Um, you're often confused as to whether you're eating the matzah or the box. It is something that is um, dull and down and flat and humble. And we even refer to it in that way at the beginning of the Seder, uh, which we're going to be having on Saturday night a week, which is all about the, um, the, um, matzah being the lechem oni. It is the bread of poverty. It is poor man's bread. Um, it is not nice and full and fluffy and enjoyable and delicious and so on. This is what it is. And it's supposed to promote this idea of humbleness, of humility, of us being leveled, of us being um, leavened, uh, unleavened, of us being flattened, of us being a little bit more um, aware of the space that we need to make for the Almighty to enter into our lives. So this is um, a very, very important fundamental lesson for each and every one of us in our build-up to Pesach. We've got to remember that that's not the be-all and end-all of it all. It's not just about 
let's call it humilifying ourselves. It's not just about the humility that we need to have. It's not just about us being modest and um, humble and so on. It's not just about that. Because there, while that is great, that's wonderful, that's good to be like that. But the whole point is to take it then, as they say, to the next level, to make sure that once we've got this space, that we fill it with godliness, that we fill it with Torah and mitzvot and ways of connecting to the Almighty in a much bigger and much better fashion than we were able to do to do so to do before. Um, I'm sure you've heard people lately, and I think we feel it ourselves. I certainly do that time seems to be running away from us. It seems to be that week flows into week and it goes somehow things are going much, much quicker than they ever did before. Um, yes, we're told that this is a sure sign of uh, Biat Mashiach, of the coming of Mashiach, but one would think that in a time of pandemic that we have, um, that time would be stretched out. So, you know, we stop doing this, we maybe stop doing that and so on. But somehow things seem to have sped up a lot more. And I think that um, uh, people uh, may be of the opinion that, you know what, I can't actually fit this into my day, but we need to slow things down a little bit, and we need to take a care to make sure that we have regular uh, Torah study le- uh, sessions, that we have an opportunity to think about letting God into our lives, and we have the opportunity, particularly when it comes to these special Chagim, like the Chag of Pesach, Pesach, where we're going to actually uh, kind of cut ourselves off from everything that we knew before, even our foodstuffs and even our kosher food and all of that stuff. We're going to now isolate from all of that and change completely to something that is much more humble, that is much more um, or humble enticing, let's call it, or humble creating that has to do with this small aleph. It is all about the lekarev. It's all about getting close to God. It's not just about being humble, but it's about utilizing that humility for the best ends, for the best possible purpose. And perhaps this is truly what it is all about. It's about gaining the most important kind of redemption, the most important kind of freedom, the freedom that we all can and should attain Right now, the freedom from ourselves and from our own um, personal implications and difficulties along the way. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Back with you on Judaism 101.9, this is Rabbi Michael Katz. And yes, we've been talking about uh, the run-up and the preparations that we have to make from a spiritual point of view with um, the advent of Pesach. And now just 10 days away. So one of the things that I think that we uh, perhaps miss, if you wish, in the story about uh, the small Aleph is not only the humility of it all, but how Moshe Rabbeinu was so careful with what he wrote in order to make sure that it couldn't be in any way misconstrued, in order to make sure that everybody would get the right message and that they wouldn't in any way see him uh, grandstanding or uh, looking at himself and blowing his own trumpet. Um, this was something that was of paramount importance to Moshe. And therefore, we make a big fuss about the fact that there is a small aleph. And in every Torah, there is the small aleph. We make a big uh, 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 deal about 
every single letter in the Torah. And as you know, we're told that there are 600,000 letters in the Torah, and each letter, therefore, represents one of the people, the families that stood at Mount Sinai to receive the Torah, that everybody has a part. Every letter is of paramount importance, and not only every letter, but even the way that it's written, the size of it, the way that if it's small, it needs to be small because it demonstrates something. It got me thinking a little bit about how perhaps we become very, very liberal in um, the way that we uh, WhatsApp and in the way that we uh, Facebook and in the way that we uh, share messages on all sorts of social media. And we're not careful with uh, the things that we post and the things that we say and the things that we do. And it's not only about what we post and what we say, but perhaps to put yourselves um, in the minds and the hearts of those who are reading it all. Um, is there not a sense of, um, let's call it grandstanding or self-aggrandizement um, with many of the things that we post? Because either we want to be the ones who are sending out the message. We want people to think that we got it first. We want people to think that we knew it before they did or that uh, we were there and they weren't or that we're actually saying something that may make somebody feel most uncomfortable. And it's not just um, saying something that may make somebody feel uncomfortable in a direct sense, but it may be in an indirect sense. You know, um, one of the, I don't know, I guess it's one of my pet peeves over the late, uh, over, the, over the latest uh, time is when people say to me, uh, when it comes to coming to shul, and this may just be me being oversensitive, but they say, um, we're not coming because we're being careful or our parents are being so careful. Now, what does it mean? The implication of that is a parsha and a chapter in and of itself. But by me saying to you who is going to show that I'm being careful, does that not imply that you're not being careful? Is that not a judgment call? Are we, are we perhaps taking it a little bit too far? But are we maybe thinking, if we think about it, making a statement that is unnecessary to have said at all? We are uh, putting ourselves into a different bracket. We're making ourselves in inverted commas, holier than thou, or more special than others. And in that way, we may just be uh, diminishing somebody else. So we've got to always have in mind, when we post something, when we say something, when we um, uh, write something, and even a small letter that may make other people feel a little bit uncomfortable, it may have an impact on other people's lives that we hadn't even dreamed about, we hadn't even thought about. And this is the kind of sensitivity that that humility is supposed to bring, that it's not about me, that it's not about what I need to do, but rather that we're at all times thinking about others. What a beautiful way to actually prepare ourselves for Pesach. Be back with you to sum up in just a moment. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So in the build-up to Pesach and in these uh, 10 days that we have left, perhaps we should spend our time thinking about each day as uh, not only a special gift uh, for us to prepare for Pesach physically and a special gift for us to be able to prepare for Pesach physically, but a special gift for us to be able to prepare for Pesach from a spiritual point of view, from our soul's point of view, from a godly point of view. And one of the demands or one of the most important factors in the Pesach story is the fact that we were redeemed from Egypt in order to serve God. How do we bring ourselves closer to the Almighty? First and the most important lesson Diminish yourself a little bit and make space for the Almighty to enter. The lesson from the small aleph in the word Vayikra. Secondly, 
perhaps to be a little bit more sensitive to uh, the things that we say and the things that we put in writing and the things that we do. And uh, one of the other things is uh, – kind of behavior in a group, you know, when people go into WhatsApp groups and so on, there's a certain kind of a behavior where people are not aware of what they might be doing or what they might might be disturbing. You know, if you have, for instance, on a group where you uh, leave the group, you cause a kind of an, a difficulty for uh, for other people. Well, certainly it makes people follow, yes, and you may have good cause to want to leave a group um, and, and so on, but um, it, 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 it has a kind of a chain reaction or perhaps you may be thinking about or you, you, you're not attending something and you place a message on a group to say that you're not going to be at that program this evening. If it's a shul, a shir, a, a minion and so on and other people then follow suit. Be aware of the type of things that we could be uh, saying and doing kind of by implication. And I think that this is the unwritten script, this is the unwritten message of the small aleph and in the word Vayikra in the beginning of this week's parsha, because we are talking about the care with which Moshe Rabbeinu, with which Moses wrote every letter into the Torah. Its size had to be right, its style had to be right, and the implication that it might have had on other people had to be taken into account. If we can do that, we understand humility just a little bit better, I think, and we get ourselves a little bit better prepared for Pesach. So some really unusual, perhaps, lessons for how to prepare for Pesach, but important nevertheless. This is Rabbi Michael Katz wishing you a great rest of the week, a great Shabbat up ahead. I look forward to being back with you same time, same place next week on Judaism 101.9.